Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. With over 30 years of experience in sales and business development and a client list that boasts industry heavyweights like IBM and Microsoft, Maurice Domino is a highly sought-after professional speaker. His win series of speeches are a hit wherever he goes, from the U.S. to the UAE. From 30-minute speeches to in-depth trainings, Maurice can tailor a presentation to meet any organization's needs. I look forward to chatting with Maurice about his transition from business development guy to speaking all over the world, the inspiration for his win programs, and his business his biggest mistake as an entrepreneur. Let's bring him in now. Hello, Maurice. Welcome to the Ocean Speaks. Uh, good morning, Neil. So good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I, I look forward to, to share this very important message. <laughs> Absolutely. First question, Maurice. What was the last employee job you ever had before you became self-employed? Uh, what it was was uh, I was a senior sales representative of a nonlinear editing equipment uh, for the film and TV industries. And speaking of heavyweights, even there, uh, I don't know, I just seem to rise uh, rise to the top. Uh, some of my clients were the Oprah Winfrey Show, Dr. Phil, Big Brother, uh, Bachelor. So, uh, again, high-end editing equipment uh, for high-end uh, clients. Wow, Dr. Phil and Oprah, you were hopping with the rich and famous. <laughs> oh, that's for, that's for sure. That's for sure. So what exactly motivated you to eventually leave that type of job to become a an entrepreneur. You know, some people uh, some people seek entrepreneurship, uh, and some people uh, have on, on, uh, entrepreneurship uh, foisted upon them. And that's what happened to me. I was quite happy. Uh, I enjoyed my career. Uh, the corporate uh, I enjoyed my corporate shackles, if I if I may say that. Uh, and then <laughs> I got an opportunity. Uh, I got an opportunity to to check out a fantastic organization called Toastmasters. Going into this meeting, Neil, I had no idea what it was about. Uh, I thought it was just baking toasts at the weddings and, and bar mitzvahs and all that, but it was a whole uh, communication, uh, leadership, uh, e- evaluation, uh, training program that's available to the public. And I can say with certainty that uh, Toastmasters changed my life. Uh, the reason being is that uh, in my first year at Toastmasters, uh, as you can imagine, being in sales, I did a lot of presentations, right? By doing a lot of presentations, uh, I brought that over. I learned some fantastic fundamentals through Toastmasters. And in my, after my first year blowing to Toastmasters, I was voted best speaker 
uh, in Los Angeles. And that's it. My love affair with communicating with people, sharing my thoughts and ideas with people, uh, I really fell in love with that. So I wanted to bring that mind message, as you, as you made mention, through my years of working with corporations uh, back on Madison Avenue in New York City uh, and here in Los Angeles, I realized that there's got to be a certain philosophy of why am I always rising to the top? Why do certain people always rise to the top? And that's it. Uh, I was uh, given the opportunity uh, to share my message at the corporate level. And I guess you could say that's where the transition went. That's where I I let go the the corporate shackles and I struck out on my own uh, back into the corporate world with my win philosophy. Wow. And that that all sounds really interesting, Maurice. You know, one thing that I think a lot of people that are thinking about starting their own businesses deal with is fear. You know, there's a fear of leaving a job that you've done for a while. There's a fear of leaving the the, the consistent paycheck, getting paid every mm-hmm. other week to take on the life of an entrepreneur where you typically don't get paid every other week like you did when you were an employee. Did you deal with any right. fear of going into business for yourself? And if you did, how did you get past it? Well, can I share a little philosophy on, on that? And then I'll, I'll, I'll definitely share that. Uh, what How I looked at it is that, I was still in business, even though I was an entrepreneur. Uh, if you were, you know, if you look at it, I was an entrepreneur for this editing company. In other words, being in sales, and even if you're in, in uh, administration portion, manufacturing process, technical support, you're actually providing a service to that corporation. So in essence, you're paid by how much you deliver. So if you really look at it, everyone is an entrepreneur. Because even in the entrepreneur world and in the corporate world, if you take your foot off the gas, you're not going to get that advancement. You're not going to get the pay, uh, the pay increases. So I really looked at it this way, Neil. Do I want to continue uh, to put monies into the, in somebody, off, uh, somebody else's coffers, into somebody else's pockets? Or do I want to take that same knowledge and know-how and apply it to a new product? And that new product and service is now called Maurice Domino. So sure, I would, be, I would be lying to everybody that said, oh, yeah, I went to it with no fear at all. Well, of course I went into it with fear uh, because I was losing that, uh, that lifeline, uh, which is wages. I was losing another lifeline of benefits. But I knew this, that there was a message written in my heart, uh, in my heart that I wanted to share with the world. And that's, if I could share anything with the people that are looking to make the switch, is what is that inside of you? There's got to be that drive. There's got to be that inertia, that momentum, uh, that motivation to, to self-motivate, as it were, so that you do go out there. And all those fears, yeah, they're still there. Don't get me wrong. But they're in, they're in the secondary, tertiary position. And your primary, your primary fear is – how about this? Your primary fear is that you will not deliver the message, that entrepreneurial message, product, or service to the world. So if that, if that entrepreneurial message, product, or service outweighs all this other fears, then, then go for it. Now, for me, I was lucky enough that I was actually doing concurrently. I, I was burning, Neil, I was burning the candle at three ends. Uh, I was taking care of uh, business. I still had my full-time job when I went into uh, full-time speaking. Can you believe that? So I, I, I worked out my schedule in that, when I had time off or when I could take time, I was out on the road speaking. And if I wasn't out on the road speaking, 
I was I was working in the nonlinear world. And if I was out on the road and something happened in the nonlinear world, the editing world, sure enough, I had to take care of business. And I did that for two years. Now, that, that brings up another thing. If I may ask a question uh, for the audience, and I'll answer it is, when you do make that switch, are you financially, mentally, spiritually prepared for it? Because I think that's where their fear comes. And if you can have a little bit of a war chest, uh, financially, spiritually, and materially, you'll, you're more than ready. If you, again, if that passion is there, if that overriding passion is that you must deliver your entrepreneurial message, product, or service, then all those other fears will go away. I think that's an excellent message to, to give to the audience, Maurice. Tell us a bit about what you actually do in, in your job as a, as a speaker. What exactly do you provide clients? Uh, what I do is this. I, I, that's it. My career is speaking. Uh, and I've come up, as you may mention, in that fabulous introduction. Thank you so much, Neil. You've got to send me a copy of that. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> All right. Good job on that. Yeah, very good. Uh, as you made mention, I came up with this thing because, again, I investigated. I looked at what, what made me successful. You know, uh, out of Madison Avenue, working with top clients, uh, you know, if I mention the name, everybody like, oh, my gosh, you know, they have uh, budgets of $5 million or more. So really blue-chip uh, companies. And then as you see with the editing world, you know, top, top people. And I was like, okay, what, what got me there? What got other people there to this higher levels? And I'm not only talking about, you know, the Richard Branson's, the Mark Zuckerberg's, and the Bill Gates, uh, or the Michael Dell's, but there's other people that are fantastically su successful, and we never heard of them. What do they do? So I came up with what I, uh, what I like to call and share with the corporate world is the win philosophy, the W-I-N. You know, we're, we're looking for this big, you know, the, the silver bullet, uh, the million-dollar uh, winning lottery ticket, this big answer for that entrepreneurial sex, uh, success as well as the corporate success. And for me, the message I deliver is the win philosophy for success. And the W-I-N stands for, the W is who you are, I is integrity, and N is your network. How well are you communicating with the network that you're dealing with? And this message, you know, just thinking of it, it easily transfers uh, to the corporate world as well as the entrepreneurial world. So, so now, okay, then, now if you look at it, Neil, what I did was I took that message that's burning in my heart, and what did I do? I made a product, and I made a message, and I made a service of it. And guess what? I had such a burning desire to deliver that message, to tell everybody that they are a winner at heart. There is that winner inside of you. That so outweighed the fear of finance, the fear of benefits, the, all those other fears, that it got to me where I am today. As you said, I travel the world sharing the win philosophy, the win at life, uh, win at leadership, win at sales, win at excellence. Wow, that's, that's a lot of winning. <laughs> well, each, 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 well, you've got to think of it this way. In the corporate world, each of those have their specialty. You know, for managers, for executives, they have to have that, that leadership sense. Well, again, if they're not, if they're not that powerful leader, if, they're, if they don't see the winner themselves, who would possibly follow them? When at sales, I know that, that salesmanship for salespeople, it's an inside game. In other words, it's not so much how you sell, it's really you, the salesperson, 
you got to be that winner. You got to believe in yourself so much that you do that you're able to do it. Win at communications. Uh, right now, we're going through this whole switch of generations that gen uh, that the millennials are now coming into the workplace. And guess what? They're having a very difficult time communicating. Not everybody texts. Not everybody instant messages. Not everybody, uh, you know, IMs or Facebook messaging and all that messenger. So how well you communicate yourself will determine uh, the, the level of your success. And my win at excellence, uh, that's for the C-suite uh, clients. Uh, that they, Hey, they've reached the pinnacle. They've reached the top. But guess what? There is more. And the more is who you are inside of yourself, who you are, the integrity, and the network. Wow, that, that's, that's, that's very powerful stuff, Maurice. I'm guessing at the end of one of your presentations, you basically want people to just, well, not just, but you want them to believe that, that they're winners. You're, the, the goal of your, your speeches or your presentations is to motivate. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's that's definitely fair to say. You know, it, it goes back to the thing: uh, before you can love others, you got to love yourself. Uh, before they buy your product, they got to buy you. Uh, before they listen to you, they got to respect you. So there is, you know, if you look at it, there is got to be that element that we ourselves have to believe that we are winners, that we are worthwhile. And I'm here to tell people that they have that inside of them, that they are worthwhile. They have that greatness. Uh, you know, like Marianne Williamson once said, she said that we don't fear the darkness inside of us. We really feel the light inside of the greatness inside of us. So I want people to recognize that there is a winner in them so that they can achieve, they can be successful. They're going to transfer that skill set, who they are, the integrity in their network, and they're going to transfer that, and they're going to see it in their bottom line and the dollars that they generate, the connections that they make, uh, both at home, uh, in the corporate world, and entrepreneurial world, and they're going to see their whole life changes. And what it was, it just comes down to the basics. Absolutely, absolutely. When I worked in the corporate world, I was an engineer. And as an engineer, okay. I wasn't responsible for bringing in business. But as you know, as an entrepreneur, you are responsible for going out and getting the business. If you're someone who is who was like myself, an engineer who wasn't responsible for bringing in business, what was what what strategies do you use to bring in business for yourself? You know that that is a great question. Uh, one thing we got to realize is, as entrepreneurs, is that in particular, like you're you're uh, when you were an engineer, let's just say you're in the service side of the corporate world, uh, like admin, HR, uh, uh, t uh, technical support, IT. They were on the service side, so they're not really going out and bringing in the revenue. Well, one of, a big revelation, uh, and if I may reveal this, is that, yes, as an entrepreneur, you have to go out and market yourself. And it could be just as easy as when, when you know, if I may, I always like to say this. I tell people that you've got to remember what William Shakespeare once said. And William Shakespeare said, the whole, all, all the world a stage, and we're just mere performers on it. Now, how I look at that, Neil, is that I look at that the whole world is an opportunity, and we have a chance to make that connection. So while we're out at Starbucks, standing in line at the grocery store, uh, while we're doing our social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, whether we're speaking to somebody on the phone or going out to an event, going to a networking event, 
how well are we making that network? So that's why that's part of the win. How well are we creating that network so that we are providing service, right? We're providing content and we're giving them something worthwhile so that when they are ready, and this is key, when they are ready for our, our entrepreneurial message, product, or service, they think of us first. So it is, yes, we have to go outside our comfort zone uh, and say, okay, how do I go about marketing myself? Uh, and, I mean, there's, uh, we could spend the, the rest of our lives talking about that, but I want people to, to do this. I always look for what that incremental difference, what that slight little difference I could do. For me, it was, you know, I turned around and I looked at who do I know in the corporate space, right? So I went to, in sales, we call it the low-hanging fruit. So I'm going to tell our entrepreneurial listeners who out there could be of, could be of use, can use your, your message, your product or service. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to invest or purchase, but again, you start creating that network because, again, you might not sell to, this, the, to the first person you speak to, but they may know somebody or the third person removed. You know, it's like it, it's, that, it's that, you know, uh, uh, degree of separation. And we've got to create, uh, as I tell my clients, we've got to create like a, a spider web of connections so that slowly also now they come to us because all this vast group of people know what our entrepreneurial message, product, or service is, and they come looking for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I, whenever I ask this question, typically people say they get most of their business through word of mouth and then through referrals. And I, I, I'm guessing that, well, there's some that, that do say that they use social media also to, to bring in business for themselves. Do you use social media at all? And if so, what do you do? Yeah, for social media, I do. And, and uh, I, I use the theory of, of seven to one. Seven to one. In other words, when I'm on social media, I don't inundate saying, hey, I'm doing this. Buy this for me. Buy that for me. So what I do on my social, uh, social media is I provide content. I provide information. Uh, the seven to one means you give seven pieces of content that people could definitely use. It's not just you know, throwaway stuff, but actual things that people can use. And then on the eighth one, you say, hey, by the way, I'm doing this event. Or, hey, uh, I would love to speak to you about X and you make the offer. Then you go back to seven content uh, posts, uh, blog posts, tweets, uh, whatever the social media uh, medium is. You know, Facebook is post, Twitter is tweets. You do seven again, seven content-rich uh, posts, tweets, or, or messages, and then you do the ask. It's the proverbial, mm-hmm. like uh, Gary uh, Vanderchuk talks about, jab, jab, right. Oh, interesting. Where, how did you come to the number seven or the ratio seven to one? Uh, this is something that I just learned uh, on my own uh, in that uh, we – see, what it is, you're creating that network. You're creating that rapport. As an entrepreneur, we have to realize that – hate to break it to everybody – that we're in sales. Now, me being, being a, from a sales background, from me you know, being 10 years old doing lemonade in my front yard on my parents' house, I really come to the realization that all of my clients, high-end clients, do you know what, Neil? It's true. They didn't buy my product. They bought me first. They wanted to work with me. So as an entrepreneur, I'm going to develop that rapport, that, that connection. Yes, even with total strangers. See, we're living in a very unique time. 
because of the Internet, now our backyard is the world. So now we can introduce our services, our message, our product by delivering content with a post, a tweet, or a message that, that reflects what we do without asking anybody for anything, right? So it's, it's not a, a you know, give and take. It's not tit for tat. You're giving this content. You're building that relationship. And pretty soon people are going to get to know you in your industry. You know, for me, when I, when I began, and, and here, here, this is what happened with me. When I began, yeah, I had to knock on a lot of doors, right? And I mean figuratively and literally. I had to do a lot of posting, a lot of blogging, a lot of networking and all that. Now, by doing that investment up front and continuing to do it, guess what's happening now, Neil? People I don't even know are coming to me and say, hey, I hear you do this. So it is by, by me pushing all that positive content out there, all the how-tos, all the techniques, all the tips and tidbits, now I'm reaping the harvest. It is true. You do reap what you sow. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was just curious as to the, the actual ratio of the seven as opposed to six or five. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, no, I, you, know what, I, I, you know, I wish I, I wish I knew the answer. But I, th- I think, you know, I think what it is, Neil, it, you could do five. You could do six. But the, the idea is to do more of the giving than the asking. So seven is, seven is is a magic number. I know that, and maybe it relates to that we have to, as human beings, we have to touch a piece of information seven times until it becomes knowledge. So maybe it's connected to that. In other words, hmm. the, our prospects out there have to be touched seven times, and they're like, oh, I see what Maurice does. Oh, I see what Neil does, and it becomes knowledge. So that when we do turn around and say, oh, by the way, if you're interested in this webinar, oh, by the way, if you're interested in my book, they're like, oh, yeah, that's what they do. Maybe it's connected to that. The, the proverbial, uh, and, and this is a, a pure salesmanship, uh, it takes seven touches. Uh, I know it takes seven touches for, well, here's another seven. In sales, I know that if I have a prospect, I have to touch them seven times. A phone call, an email, a meeting, a, a letter, a thank you card, uh, another email, another phone call, before they even open their minds to my offer. See, I think in sales, if people have difficulty with sales, they think they're like, hi, my name is Maurice. Uh, I have this webinar called Win at Life, and we expect everybody to buy. No, we've got to touch these people, even in the entrepreneur world, seven times. So maybe that's another thing for the seven-to-one of postings and messages and tweets because, again, since we're not, we're not directly connecting with our prospects in social media, that is, you know, we're kind of throwing, we're kind of throwing enough bait out there and see who – throwing enough, a lot of fishing lines out there and see who we could bring in. Maybe it relates to that, the seven touches, uh, the seven touches. You know, you, you, could, you're very, you could very well be right about that. I never even thought of it that way. But, yeah, you're right, you know. When you first approach somebody, they're not going to just say. Typically, they're not just going to say yes right off the bat. They don't know you. Basically, you need they need to be able to trust you before they're yeah. willing to give you a shot, especially if it, if money's involved. <laughs> well, you know what I you know you said something very interesting. What I teach is the KLT, the KLT. Before they do anything with you, they got to know, like, and trust you. Now, knowing and liking is real easy. We could we could do that. 
We could do that with social media and all that. The hump we got to get over so that they do open their wallets to us, uh, and that's, you know, that's the idea. For entrepreneurs, let's not kid ourselves. We want them to invest in us, to give us their 16 digits and expiration date. So what do we need to do <laughs> for them to know, like, and trust us? Well, we got to elevate. we got to elevate our authority. And I have, and, and what I, and, and in my entrepreneurial world, yeah, that's my corporate message, but in my entrepreneurial world, I have this uh, webinar called Elevate Your Authority. And it, would, it shows people what, what exactly do I have to do so that the prospects know, like, and trust me, and now they become a client. When they become a client, you know what happens? They invest in your product or service. And if you do a good job with them by remaining with these elements of authority, guess what they start to do? They start to refer you because you're a trusted, a trusted resource. You're a trusted entity. Wow, KLT, no like trust. I'm going. I wrote that down. I'm going to remember. That. Please do. I think, I think I'm. I'm going to write a blog post about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, def- and definitely, share, be, definitely share, share that you got it from from, from yours truly. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely give you credit on that. <laughs> so an, another That's issue, good. I think that well, not really an issue per se, but something that the people that are thinking about going to business. Uh, are worried about are are making mistakes and are and I'm sure as you you you've probably made your fair share as as have every entrepreneur ever. Off the top of your head, what's been the biggest mistake that you've made as a person working for themselves? You know what? Um, I'm glad you asked me that uh, because I'm still making that mistake to this day, and that is that is going out there. Uh, that is, you know, uh, you know, delivering that message, letting people know that I'm here. Uh, because you got to look at it this way. When we first begin, we have the fear, how do we go out there? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm being egotistical, promoting myself, right? So we have that fear. Now, what's happening with me, and again, I'm going to be up front here, uh, by having that, that success, I've kind of taken my foot off the gas because now people are approaching me. Well, again, if I don't keep at it and let the world know that Maurice Domino, the wind philosophy, the elevate your authority is available to them, well, then that, that pond, that starts to dry up, right? So the, the biggest mistake I think that entrepreneurs can make is to take the foot off the gas. You've got to keep going. You've got to have that drive. You look at all the successful people. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, uh, Sir uh, Richard Branson, all these people. You can, know, you can like them or hate them. I don't, you know, great, that's, that's great. But, again, look, look what they do. You're, you're talking about driven people. These people can't, cannot stop working. And I don't, and I don't mean you have to be a workaholic, but they have focus. And I, and I think, you know, the, the word focus tells us exactly what entrepreneurs we should do. And I'm sure you've heard this before, F-O-C-U-S, follow one course until successful. That, that, has been my, that has been my biggest mistake and my biggest success. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Because I focus yes. so much on my speaking career. I focus so much on my speaking career. No wonder I'm speaking all over the world. As soon as I let up on that focus, guess what happens? Ooh, it, it slows down. So the greatest thing we could do and the greatest mistake we could do is lack of focus or the idea of focus. Does, does that make sense? It makes, 
it makes total sense. Focus, uh, folk, I never knew focus was uh, an acronym, but it is now. And I already have the KLT one. And, uh, the KLT, you know, yeah. You, 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 yeah, you dropped a lot of gems today, Maurice. I mean, this has been a, an education. And for people that want to get in touch with you, I'm guessing they can go to your website, mauricedomino.com? Yeah, they can go there, and they'll see the, the win philosophies on there is my email. And you know what? I'm going to invite everyone. Drop me an email. If you have a question or comment, like, hey, what did you mean by that? Or, hey, how about this or that? Uh, the reason I'm passionate about this because I, I was in the trenches. I made those mistakes uh, financially, spiritually, mentally. Uh, and, uh, you know, pulling – if I may, real quickly, uh, when I did my second event, nobody signed up for it, Neil. I'll never forget. I went up to my girlfriend's house when I started crying. Here's a grown man, and, you know, in his 50s, starting to cry. And again, I, I, I've done it all. So I am passionate about this idea of helping their entrepreneurs uh, to leave the shackles of the corporate world. And why not? If you have that, that message written in your hearts, why not share it with the world? So definitely go to mauricedomino.com, find my email address, drop me a line, let's work together. Great. Thanks again for tuning. Uh, thanks again for for calling in, Maurice. This has been, as I said, a great. Uh, this has been great uh, education. Uh, I've learned quite a bit. I'm sure others that are listening in have learned as well. Pleasure, Neil. Thank you so much. It was great. Great to be here. All right. Thank you all for tuning in to Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also check out my Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube profiles. There are links from my website to those social media platforms as well as a link to this podcast. Until next time, please take care.